On April 6th, the New York Times released an article titled, A New COVID-19 Crisis, Domestic Abuse Rises Worldwide. This article hit home to me on so many levels, you guys have no idea. And I honestly was never going to ever speak on this topic, but so many of us suffer in silence, so I feel like it's my job to tell you that you are not alone. So I teamed up with Jackie from the Table of Nine podcast, whose personal abuse story was so shockingly very similar to my own. This episode may be extremely triggering to most, including myself, as it was very hard for me to get through the recording. So please, please, please proceed with caution and remember that you can press stop at any time. You do not have to listen to the whole thing. You are in control. And if you would just like to skip the audio completely and want more information on this topic, I have included articles and hotline numbers in the show notes so you can skip directly to all of that information and you don't have to listen to the episode at all. Okay, so let's get into the feminine truth about abuse and human trafficking. Jackie with me from the Table for Nine podcast, two women that have been through this. So it's going to be very interesting and we're going to shine a lot of light on the situation. Heavy or not, we're going to get all in. So thank you so much, Jackie. Uh, My name is Jackie. I am an Enneagram and life coach in uh, the New Jersey, New York City area. And basically, I help people give language to the things that scare them, motivate them, that they desire so that they can live a more sustainable life. Um, That's what I do in a nutshell. I'm the host of the Table for Nine podcast. And... I am very short. I'm five foot one. That's all I got. That's awesome. So where did Table for Nine come from? I love that name. Nine is like my lucky number. Oh, oh my gosh. That's so funny. So um, nine is my lucky number as well. But um, so nine comes from the nine main personality types that I work with um, or nine main worldviews. And out of your worldview comes the way, you know, you are afraid of things it comes the way you act. So it's kind of how you see the world is how you respond to the world. So when I get people to identify one of those nine, then we go deeper from there and it gets more complex. But I just kind of figured, I was like, you know, I want to live in a world where everyone can feel like they can have all nine types around their table and still feel like they can flourish and thrive and be themselves. So it just kind of came from there. I love that so much. (laughs) And I love that you have a meaning behind it. Everyone asks me like, where did nine come from? I'm like, it's my lucky number. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Hey, that is a meaning in and of itself. I agree. I agree. But yours just sounds so detailed. So (laughs) I'm going to go back to the table and kind of figure out where did nine come from? So I can have a better, a better, um, you know, type of definition for when people ask because they always ask. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, and I think it's, I think it's like, so important for you to like even just say, no, it's my lucky number. It's what brings me inner peace. It's what grounds me. It's what, whatever. And just like, just say it as confidently as possible. Exactly. They're just going to believe you. <laughs> I'm like, I win every time I have this number on. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I love it. So um, I know both of us have experience with a lot of emotional and mental abuse. And I know, and you know, 
and the world knows that when people think of abuse, they automatically think of physical abuse. So it's always right. like, oh, well, he's not hitting me, but I feel some type of way. But he's not putting his hands on me or she's not putting her hands on me. But something doesn't feel right, you know? Right. So, um, and I didn't know anything about this word gaslighting mm -hmm. and emotional abuse until I went to therapy um, after my marriage. Mm -hmm. And my therapist was like, oh, yeah, you, you were gaslighting. He was gaslighting you the entire time that you were in here together, you know? And that's why you feel the way you feel. And it's completely valid. So with both of us having those type of experiences, I kind of want to hear your story. Oh, thanks. So, um, well, basically, and I love that you started off that way, because if you didn't, I was going to say, the first thing I want to make a very clear distinction on is that um, eventually towards the end of our relationship, my ex did become a little bit more sexually abusive, but he was never physically abusive. He never laid a hand on me in that way. And so I, I think that the reason I wanted to start with that is a lot of people won't say that they were abused or can't reconcile the fact that they were abused um, or they're gaslighted about their abuse because no one's ever touched them. No one's ever hit them. Mm. And so I wanted to make that distinction. But essentially, I was with somebody for the better part of four years and I was gaslighted the entire time, like vis-a-vis, -vis, he didn't even want people to know we were together. He didn't like, you know, yeah, it was just, it was just so weird. Um, and basically it was so that he could do whatever he wanted. Um, and for me, I just, I loved my independence. So I loved that idea. But when I showed too much independence, I got like hammered on completely. So um, I was kind of telling you that in my, I did a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago on gaslighting where I read conversations from a, four, a two week span where we were dating Wow. The first half of the conversations was literally, I would wake up in the middle of the night to message that were like, fuck you, you're insane, you're crazy, this and that. And I, you know, I'm dating this guy. So I'm like, what did I do? Can you tell me like what, what's going on? Like, take me through this. And he would be like, no, I don't want to tell you because you're just going to cry. And then I would, okay, I wouldn't respond. And he would be like, you're insane, you're crazy. And I was just mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. And then the next week, he would be like, I love you. Like, I need to see you. Like, I miss you so much and you don't even want to see me. Two days later, while we were dating, he got into a relationship with someone, like officially, like on Facebook, like, like I wasn't not going to see it. And he told me that he always wanted me to be there for him so that we could be together one day. And the reason he started dating somebody else while we were dating is because I have 96,834 guy friends. That was, I think, the exact number. And that's how he was going to deal with it. So he essentially it was my fault that he was dating someone else. And then, you know, like she added me on Facebook and I, all I did was respond with my phone number and women are smart. So she called me mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, I was sleeping with him like last night. I don't know. Like, right. Like, and so what? she was totally on my team. Like we're friends to this day. Oh, but yeah, she called him and said something. And long story short, he called me and was like, why can't I have anything good because of you? That was just within two weeks hmm. of us dating. That's not like not, that's not our relationship. That was just two weeks of our relationship. Um, it was crazy. And it's interesting because I only had to read those old messages because I did this podcast on gaslighting a few weeks ago. And I called my sister and I was like, oh my God, it worked. Because I didn't realize, like, I thought that maybe he was gaslighting me. Like, I didn't know for a fact. And when I went back and read it, 
I was like, wait, he was wrong the whole time. And I honestly couldn't draw the line at like, is he a dick or is he gaslighting me? So I really just thought like I did something wrong and he just wasn't handling it properly when the reality was I didn't do anything wrong. And I thought I was crazy in that he was the only person, not that could love me or handle me, but that could like tolerate me. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I was like, ugh, I hate you. It's like they literally get inside of our head and make make us believe that we're doing something wrong. Like it's insane. And I remember um, when I I had recently um, did a article um, with Audrey, shout out to Audrey, and she actually um, wrote an article with Swipe Right with Tinder. Mm-hmm. And she interviewed me on gaslighting for the article. She now is a beauty reporter for Allure magazine. Um, but when we did that, it was like such a triggering thing to actually, because she got really deep with me. Like the questions were so mm-hmm. deep that it was painful because it brought up everything like, holy shit, like this has been going on since we first were dating. Like, why didn't I catch these signs, right. you know, in the beginning to the point where I actually married this guy, you know? Yeah. It's cre- I think here's the thing, and this is where I feel like so many women are gaslighted, but they either A, will refuse to admit it, or B, um, are embarrassed to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that not everyone who gaslights you is a narcissist. Sometimes, like, I know with my ex, like, he's, he's not, like, a psychopath. I, I, I know – I've known him for pretty much my whole life. Like, he's not – he wanted control so badly, and he couldn't – you know, he wanted this control over his life. He wanted control over what he thought was his, but at the same time had this inner tension of, but I still want to be able to do what I want without consequences but have what I have. Mm-hmm. That inner tension would make anyone act like a sociopath. And so I, you know, just not to give him any credit, but just to get inside of his head and make him human. Like every time, every time someone has hurt me, I'm like, okay, Jackie, take a second, make them human again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's the reality of it. It's just that not everyone's a narcissist, not everyone's a psychopath. And that's why we don't see it all the time. Right. That's true. I mean, I think back to when we were first dating, I got a text message. I've been with him all weekend. So I drove four hours to be with him while he was in school. And I was there all weekend. This was my first time actually visiting him in school. I left. As soon as I left there, I got a text message. It was a very long text message. And it was basically telling me everything I did wrong that weekend. I mean, and I'm like, what? Because when I just left the house, I felt like we had an amazing weekend. But in his eyes, he saw, you visited me. I couldn't study for my exam. Mind you, he asked me to come visit him. This was already, you know, pre-planned. You didn't cook when you were here. You didn't clean when you were here. You are a bur- you were more of a burden than anything when you were here. Why aren't you my mom? Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait, was I supposed to drive four hours to visit you at school to cook and clean? And so he didn't want a girlfriend. He wanted a nurse, essentially. Exactly. But it made me feel so bad because I'm like, I mean, it was to the point where he's like, I'm going to fail my test because of you and all of these things. You know, I'm in med school. You know, I can all of these things where he would literally make me feel bad if he failed a test. Like it was all on me. And he did this throughout our our marriage. Like if he did bad on something or he didn't score as high as he wanted to, 
it was me. It's your fault because you stressed me out. Your fault because you didn't cook this night and I couldn't study, you know? And it was just, and it started from day one. And I had no idea what was going to happen, what was happening to me. Mm -hmm. So it was crazy. Yeah, she got really deep and it made me think a lot. So a lot of women do go through that. And I know that it escalates, you know, Mm -hmm. and into other things, like you said, sexual abuse. I also experienced that um, as it escalated, you know, like, so it's not always, like you said, somebody physically punching you, you know, or giving you a black eye. Things happen. And then when you talk about it, a lot of people don't understand it. So when I tried to talk about it, I tried to say, something is happening. Something is not feeling good. It was more so everybody would say, well, at least he's not hitting you. That was one. And then when I tried to explain like the sexual assault, people, it was hard for people to understand other than my therapist. Because we're married. Because we're married. So Mm -hmm. they're like, I don't understand. You're married. But my therapist was like, that is not okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where you constantly battle yourself. It's like, damn, am I crazy? Because everyone else, including my husband, is telling me I'm the crazy one, you know, Mm -hmm. because he's not physically putting his hands on me. Right. A lot of people don't really know the signs because they're so blurry. So blurry. That's so true. And they're so broad. And it's so important that we stay, um, for lack of a better word, unoffendable so that we can see the difference between a flaw and, hey, this is actually a red flag and not just a red flag, but it's like a stop sign, a stop light, get out of the car, run away. <laughs> like, exactly. It's so important that we don't take things personally, but we can step back and like just actually look at them in full view. Yeah, for what they um, And I, you know, you, you had asked me like, what was it like in dating patterns after that? I haven't dated anyone after that until my current boyfriend that I started dating two years ago. Mm. I couldn't. So I had... A, a gap of eight years where I just, I couldn't rationalize dating someone else. Um, in, in all honesty, um, it had been about two or three years I hadn't dated anybody. And suddenly a lot of repressed memories started coming up. Things I did not remember actually happening from two, three years before. Um, and that just spiraled me into the healing process. So I, I guess I couldn't really date. I, I don't think I would be doing anyone any service if I did. Mm. Um, it's insane. Like the idea of, you know, you hear it out loud if you've never been gaslighted and you're like, question your own sanity. Like that's, that's a little crazy. Like I'm too secure in myself. Right. I would argue against that. I would say, you know, yes, you are, but someone that you love can totally convince you. Completely. Completely. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't tell me I wasn't a strong black woman. Like I'm like, I'm a strong black woman. I, would, I wouldn't do that. I would never get into that situation until you find yourself in that situation. And then it's very hard to tell other strong women because they see your situation and they're like, oh, I would never, I would never do that. Or I would have never been in that situation until you're in that situation. Yeah. And it starts small. Like people don't realize it because it starts. Have you ever seen the movie Gaslight or the play? No. That's kind of where it came from. But essentially like it was this old house and it was in the thirties or forties. And whenever you turned on the gas, the lights would dim a little bit. And so she would say, did you turn on the gas? The lights would dim. And the husband would say, no, you're seeing things. And that's how it started. That's literally how he, he started to escalate things. He literally tried to convince her that like her reality on the outside 
wasn't actually what she was experiencing. Like it's not real. And so people don't realize how small it has to start. And they're not, they're not big enough things that you say, this is a red flag and I'm going to walk away from it. I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but when I was working with victims of trafficking, we call that boyfriending. Let's talk about that because, because you have experience on both sides Mm -hmm. and a lot of people who don't have the experience that you and I have, they see these girls and they think like, I can't, why won't they just leave? And I'm like, it's not that simple. Like it really is not. And I'm glad you use that term because I I know the term, but I definitely want to dive into that. So 100%. Here's the thing, and I think people don't understand this. I worked mostly with minors mm-hmm. um, in the United States who were trafficked from the United States. So I'm not talking about that they were pulled out of, like, the homeless shelter and that they were, like, quote-unquote, an ask- at-risk youth. I'm talking about, like, blonde hair, blue eyes from Princeton, New Jersey, parents both making over 100K a year, was trafficked by her grandfather. Like, there, you'd, you'd be shocked. And in the reality in the United States, if, you know, if you – make someone have sex through force, fraud, or coercion, that is trafficking. So uh, I'll I'll even give you a story. Um, I, you know, later in my relationship with my ex, I went to a party where his best friend basically came on to me. So of course I went running to my ex and it was just a whole traumatic thing. Mm -hmm. I come to find out years later that he was like, okay with it, that he let him. And all I know is that if his friend had paid him for the transaction, I would have still, even in that couple minutes, been considered a trafficking victim mm. because there was an exchange of money. So it's, it's crazy. People don't realize, like, in the state of New Jersey, there's no such thing as child porn. It's called trafficking if you're underage. Like, they, like they're cracking down. So, but basically, I worked with, with minor. I didn't necessarily work with minors. Um, I helped with prevention education. So we would go talk to doctors, nurses, teachers, moms, this is what you have to look for. One of the biggest signs is boyfriending. And that's why people don't actually realize that they were trafficked. People who would attend these meetings to help the youth in their lives would come to us afterwards and go, I was trafficked and I didn't know. Because wow. it's, not, it's not like handcuffs to the wall and I'm gonna just inject you with heroin. It's not, it's not what you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. Humans, unfortunately, it's so sad, but they're such an investment, quote unquote, that men will spend three, four years with someone and then gaslight them slowly, 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 and then say, I let you stay in this apartment for free. I don't have any money anymore. And I need you to just, I just need you to do this one thing for me. I just need you to sleep with this guy. Um, He said, he's going to pay us our full month of rent if you do it. After years and years and years of abuse and you're doing this wrong, people, you hear that and you're like, I would never do that. You, You don't know what you would do after four years of abuse. Um, another story that's really common is that flirty guy that like, you know, I, I never forget the story of this girl who never wanted to take a ride home with a guy, but like the cute senior gave her a ride home and he had to stop at his house first, handed her a can of soda. She popped the lid. Like she it was like a fresh can of soda. He drugged her, took pictures of her, went up, went up to her the next day in school and was like, you work for me now. The kid what? was like 16. Oh God. So Long story short, anyone who wants to take advantage of another human being can do it because our brains are really complex. Depending on your age, you may not even have a frontal lobe yet. Like your brain's probably not fully developed until you're 22, 23. Mm -hmm. If you're a woman, 25, if you're a guy. And our brains change themselves. 
if you've ever heard of uh, neuroplasticity. So the things that we think, the things that we say actually change the shape of our brain and change our reality. Wow. It's, there's a whole psychological component to it. And so working with these survivors, they do things specifically to psychologically torture. Yes, it's physical abuse and yes, it's sexual abuse, but like I will never forget sitting outside with a victim and, and she, or excuse me, a survivor, a survivor. And um, at the home where I was working at, she said to me, she was like, you know, the, they did a lot of bad shit to me, but the worst thing that they did, the most shameful thing that they did was they cut all my hair off and they embarrassed me. Wow. And I was like, wow, like the, the depths of like the psychological torture that these women went through after I, I stopped working with prevention education, I started working in a restoration home with women who had left, escaped that lifestyle. And, you know, you'd be so shocked, like what you see, like there was um, a woman there who was trafficked by her child's second grade teacher. Essentially, it, it really boils down to the small steps in the beginning. And mainly the biggest thing is, is boyfriending that that term of it, or a lot of people say grooming, essentially they're getting you ready to be who they want you to be, but not, it's, it's not outright gaslighting. They're, they're a lot more charming than that. They're a lot more narcissistic than that. So they understand that we, we don't want you to escape. We don't want you to be like, what the heck is this guy talking about? It's going to be slow. It's going to be gradual. I'm going to like talk the hell down of your self-worth so that when I say something, you believe me. And then we're going to go from there. A lot of people, when they think of human trafficking, they think of the movie Taken. 100%. But I'm like, this happens here. You, your kid doesn't have to go overseas and get kidnapped in the airport or whatever. This happens in Walmarts, in Publix, in, you know, things like that. Like, this is real. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, like, I don't know, do you, do you watch Grey's Anatomy at all? No, but I'm going to start binging it today. <laughs> um, one of the more recent episodes, um, like within the last couple of them, this one doctor who's kind of going off his rocker in a sense, but he basically, two people come in, a woman and um, a young girl. And she's like, oh, this is like, you know, I'm her aunt. Her mom died. So I took her in and she wouldn't let her like answer any questions for herself. The girl like, kept looking at her in the hospital to answer the question. It's a grown girl, mm-hmm. like 16 ish. And the guy's like, I'm sure of it. This is trafficking. This is trafficking. And the reality is that people don't see what trafficking is because they they're looking for like ligature marks. They're mm-hmm. looking for, there was, um, the church that I go to was in this area in, um, like in the Meadowlands by, you know, where the stadium is in New Jersey. So it's a high trafficking area. And I knew that right away, but like, this is where I live. And I remember like walking one day after church, just down the block. Cause there's a lot of food, you know, restaurants there. And I just, I saw this spa And I know off the bat, like, I don't know, I'm trained to the eye. Like, I will see it. Like, this place is a brothel. This place, this is a brothel. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you have stickers covering your window top to bottom if you're a successful business? I want people to see what's going on. Like, things, certain things. Um, There's bells on the inside that say ring to be seen. And if you're a woman, no one goes out there. Mm. And like, why are you leaving when they close at nine? Why are you leaving at 11 p.m. and paying cash? Like, I would stake out. And I went to the cops and I told them, hey, this is the information I gathered. Thank God there was a woman there. Because, and not that the, the, the gentleman cop was arrogant or anything, but he was kind of like, like, you can't really prove anything. 
you can't really and and the woman was like no no like let her just let her talk like she was super curious and I asked him flat out I was like officer how many hours of trafficking training did you need to be a cop total and he said four and I was like do you know that once you report this, that I said this, and they catch that as a brothel, that those women have more rights than you do and protection than you do. No, I did not know that. Like, it, there, there's so many different things. And I was like, please just look into it. I know that takes years. I know because traffickers are smart, but you, you second, you, you have, so, they have so much money. The second they think a cop is onto them, they're gone. They're gone. They just busted it like within the last year. Wow. And this was, this was four years ago that I went to the cops, but they busted it last year. Wow. I was like a sigh of relief, but it's just, it's sad. I think, I think the one thing that we can do is get, get educated on what it looks like, but realistically um, asking the right questions. If you know someone who's looks like they're being gaslighted, because a lot of times when you look back on your relationship with someone like a friendship, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to often hear that they may have said some stuff in the beginning. Like, do you think this is weird that he said this? Or do you think this is weird that she said this, pay attention to those moments and ask the right questions to pull it out of them because you don't know what it's going to lead to. And you want to be supportive of, Hey, this person's having a bad day, but you also want to empower your friend to make the right decisions with the right state of mind. I actually had a friend like that, which is actually when I realized that this wasn't normal Mm -hmm. and we were working together. She didn't talk to anybody. She, she was just super quiet, but I'm a talker and I'm, so I'm talking, then we get her open up and now she's getting me to open up because she's the only one I'm telling what's going on at home. And she's like, Krista, that's not okay. And I'll never forget that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I mean, it's fine. She's like, no, that's not okay. And she told me straight up. She's like, that isn't normal. Your relationship is not normal. You need to get the fuck out of there. And that's exactly what she said. And I'm like, where am I going to go? She's like, you're going to come live with me. And when I left, that's where I went. And I had no idea that that it was, I mean, because everyone was telling me that I was crazy. Everyone was telling me that I was crazy. She was the only person that said, yo, this is not cool. Like, that is not okay. And when I left, I stayed with her to get myself together. And I mean, still to this day, like, when... I have a party or whichever, and she comes over and I introduce her to people. She's like, I'm the one that saved her life. <laughs> she, should, like, she should totally take the credit for it. Yes, that's- I'm, I'm the one that saved Krista's life. I'm like, well, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. Like we got to, we have to stick together with, if you know someone well enough to say, Hey, do you think you're reacting to this based on your previous relationship, right? Because you don't want someone to think that everyone's gaslighting them because somebody gaslighted them, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone well enough, but to say, my home is open, you need to get out of there. I, and I did that with a friend recently. Like I drove into Manhattan, it was terrible. I hate, I hate driving to the city, but I drove into Manhattan with garbage bags and I was like, we're getting you out of there. And if I have to come with you to make sure it happens, fine. Um, but that's the way we need to support people, I think, because the last thing that we need when we're trying to figure out where we stand in a relationship that's making us think that we're crazy is somebody else telling us that we're crazy. The last thing that we need when we're trying to figure out our human emotions is shame. So that's true. And like you said, you went with your trash bags out. Never forget. I mean, I had a whole like team, like I told my boss at work and I texted her that morning and I said, Hey, I'm going to leave today. 
And she's like, okay, take the day off. I got you covered. You know, do your thing. Because in his mind, he was thinking I was going to work. So I call my friend and she's like, I said, I'm doing it. She's like, today? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, all right, I'm on the way. So she came over, helped me. She's like, what are we taking? Boom. Like, we just packed whatever we could in the car. And just to have that support, I mean, she's still like my best friend to this day. Because I, no one, like you said, no one understands. So you need that. And it only takes one person mm-hmm. to say, yo, this shit is not cool. Let me help you or come talk to me. And then you open it up and open it up. And she never judged me ever when I went back. Like I, I had some times where I got weak and I'm like, I'm going to go back. All she did was make a key for me. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, your room is still here. Yeah. never judge me because sometimes it takes time. Oh, a hundred percent. No one, it, you know, I, and I'll even tell you this, like with the survivors of trafficking, when I was working in, in the, the home with these survivors, one of them decided to go back to her pimp. Mm-hmm. She decided, and it's the life she knew. And it was, sometimes it's easier, even if it's a hard life to just go back to what you know. Mm-hmm. And she just left. And we, told her that we loved her and that we supported her and we hope that she found safety. And that was, that's all you can do because you're an adult. you got to decide. Um, but yeah. I'm, and I, I love that you felt so empowered. I love that it was a process for you. Um, that's how, that's how we learn. That's, that's how, it's unfortunate, but it's a blessing in disguise. That's how we learn. It's crazy to think that, you know, someone else can quote unquote control us. Mm-hmm. That control always ends at some point. Um, you know, one of the things that you asked me was like, how did I like escape that relationship? And the reality is that I recognized what was and wasn't there. So I had just kind of entered a season where like, I I just met like a whole new group of friends and met a bunch of people. And I met a bunch of guys, like guy friends, single guys, guys who were engaged, guys who were married, fathers, things like that. And I would slowly, as I got to know them, say my opinion or talk about things or open up or say, Hey, like that hurt my feelings. And they would be like, Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Or, Hey, I I know that you feel this way, but whatever. Or, Hey, I I don't want to like correct you in front of people, but just so that you are a better person or better adequated in the situation, blah, blah, blah. And I just was like, hold on a second. This is, this is how people react when you tell them no one's yelling at me. No one's called me a slut. No one's, I was so shocked. Mm -hmm. And I started to just I just started to distance myself from liking being in the relationship based on how he treated me. Mm. And um, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was honestly on, you know, that situation I was telling you about with him and his friend that night I went, you know, crying to my ex. I was like, you know, I need safety. I need whatever. Um, and I was, I was drinking, but you know, when something happens, so your body's like a limp noodle cause you're drunk, but like, you're all there, mm-hmm. you know, but like immensely. And so I was trying to explain to him what happened. And he just started like, he's like, shh. And he just started taking my clothes off. And I was like, and I'm, I'm like, no, listen to me. Just listen to me. And I couldn't fight him back. And I, but I was all, you know, all in my mind. And that was the day I was like, oh no, this, this feels very different than those gentlemen that I know, those men who have successful marriages and relationships. I was like, no. And I basically disarmed him. Like people are always, you know, physical abuse relationships are very different. So I'm not recommending any of this, but um, what I did was basically, he was like, we need to talk. 
And I was like, okay. So he picked me up and we were in the car. And our conversation was basically what I was doing wrong. And you're this and you're that. And then the end of the sentence was, so do you want to get on top of me or do you want me to get on top of you? And I actually just looked at him and I was like, you can just take me home. And it just, small statement. And he could have been like, no, but he had control on me for four years. And that statement completely disarmed him. He didn't know what to do. And he just took me home and for weeks, for months. And like for a very long time, he just, he kept over these eight years, he's reached out, tried to like test the water, bite, you know, bite the bait a little bit to see how much control he still has. Mm -hmm. And he, he's not in my life anymore by his decision, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. because he realized he doesn't have control anymore. It was like, sometimes when it comes to gaslighting, yes, you need friends to to help you pull you out of it. But the reality is, is you have to compare what you know, deep down your worth versus what you're seeing Mm -hmm. and make the decision that they don't get to have power over you anymore. That's where it starts. That's not the end all be all. That's not where it ends. That's where it starts. Definitely. I agree. I had to do that a couple of times, actually, because in my life after that, I found myself getting into the same patterns Mm -hmm. when it came to dating. I'm like, this feels the same exact way, you know? So let me pause on this. Let's stop this before it gets crazier. Okay, because obviously there's something in me that needs to fix this first before I can go out there fully because I don't want to end up in the same situation because it's starting to feel like the same situation. That was, that was the beauty in in waiting so long and and taking the time to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving forward after those eight years of waiting was paralyzing. Like, dude, I, Oh my God. It was paralyzing. I was like, I can't do this. I can't fucking do this. I can't go on this date. And my friends would be like, send me your location. You're going to be fine. And, um, right now I, I, as of two years, um, it's about a year and a half more like, but we're, I'm in a relationship that is, oh my God. Like I look, I'm like, how did I get you? Because you're, you're amazing. So recently we got into like, we don't, it wasn't even a fight. It was like a disagreement. And I was crying cause I'm just such a feeler. And, I was, you know, saying all this stuff. I was like, I got to go. I'm tired. I hung up and he called me back within 10 minutes. He gave me a minute to breathe. He was like, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I said, I'm sorry too. And then he was like, okay, get some sleep. And in the morning he called me and was like, let's talk about what happened yesterday. And we had a discussion about it. And I was just like, how did I, yes, that took some time because everyone has different communication styles, but how did I get so lucky that somebody cares enough about our relationship as and equanimity like as a balance that he wants to hear what I have to say so he can understand what he doesn't understand exactly like that was it that's a shock to my system like I am like I'll say it and I'll fight you on it like I'm the luckiest girl that's ever lived right now like, <laughs> you know um but the, and that's and that's the thing that's the fruit of taking your time to actually heal to healing the whole thing to going down to the roots and that's the work that I do with my clients is I don't care what happened to you in the last year. I want to know why that hooked and baited you. So let's go back to your childhood. Like that's, we just go deep. So like, where can people like find you? Cause we're putting your podcast, we're putting all this dope stuff down in the show notes, but like your, your services, I mean, because people need you, man. Oh, thank you. Um, so you guys can find me on Instagram at table for nine coaching. It's F O R and the digit nine. 
Um, also the table for nine for and the digit nine podcast and then table for nine coaching.com. And you, I, I will talk to anyone, whether they email me, contact me, send me a carrier pigeon, DM me on Instagram. Like I will talk to anyone any way that I can. So if anyone needs anything, happy to help. Love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me. And sharing your feminine truth, because I know talking about this is not easy. It's not easy for me. So I know it's not easy for you. So how dope are we to actually sit and be able to talk about this to help hopefully hundreds and hundreds and thousands of other women who may be feeling this way, but like, you know, think they're crazy. So and to tell us, hey, you're not crazy. So reach out. Like, I love it. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Can I end on one? I want to say, and I'm all for female empowerment. My babe, my shirt says babes and power babes, actually. Um, I, I'm like, I don't care who you are. If you're a woman, I'm a fight for you. But I want to also say something. Most of the healing process is not hating men. I don't hate men. Mm-hmm. I can't hate. If, if one woman betrays me, I don't hate all women. If one man abuses me, hurts me, I don't hate all men. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when I, you know, I tell myself all the time when I marry my dream man and we have our dream kids and all of that stuff, I'm just going to start to raise them in a way that breaks the cycle. And that's how you win. Right. And so um, I think the first thing that a lot of people need to let go in the healing process is bitterness. And I just kind of wanted to just throw that out there. That's definitely, I love that you said that because a lot of people do when something happens to them, they're like, they blame everybody. Like every, I, I hate men. I can't do it anymore. I can't date because this happened to me five years ago or anything like that. And I I strongly agree. I strongly agree. It's not the bitterness. You just, you have to tackle it, get over it. And you have to still live your life. Like don't let that person still have all that control to where you still can't live your life while they're living their life. hundred percent. You guys are, you're so empowering. And I just appreciate that you're putting all this out there. Thank you. Well, I have dope people like you to help me get it all out. So I love it. If you dig it through this entire episode, I know there was a lot of information. Pick up on those signs. You may just save someone's life, if not your own. So please, please start noticing the little things because the little things turn to bigger things. I would personally like to thank everyone who helped me along my journey. I wouldn't be where I am mentally and emotionally without you. So I really, really want to thank you guys for sticking it out and being my shoulder to cry on and that extra strength that I needed during that time. You guys mean everything to me. I would also like to thank Jackie for being so brave to come on and share her story with me. If you or anyone that you know may be experiencing any form of abuse, please reach out to the hotline numbers that I've listed in the show notes. And if you would like to learn more about my gaslighting experience, I did put a link to the interview I did with Tinder's Swipe Life. So you can find that also in the show notes. And if you feel like you're alone and maybe just need to vent or need a friend or someone to listen, I have an email address in the show notes and you don't have to use your real name. You can just write vent. I'm here for you. You have a friend. 
trust me, I understand sometimes you just need to get your story out and sometimes you just need someone to hear you. Remember that you are stronger than you know. So until next time, I love you guys and thank you so much for listening.